Fontana rolling out the right, looking toward the end zone, throwing under pressure, throws his pass. Caught by Clark. Clark got a touchdown. Troy Clark has it. It's a touchdown for the 49ers. You're now listening to the 4th and Gold Podcast with Javi and Matt. Welcome to the 4th and Gold Podcast. The 49ers are 10-1, and one, the number one seed in the NFC, first place in the NFC West. They absolutely shred the Packers. Shred being for cheese because their defense was Swiss cheese all night James Jones, talk that shit now. Let Jimmy beat you. Uh, Rodney Harrison, let Jimmy beat you. Guess what? Jimmy just beat the shit out of you. The Niners beat a team coming off the bye, 37-8. to Aaron Rodgers never stood a chance. Matt, I'm talking shit right now. How you feeling? Boom. We opened beers last week because we were nervous, and we had cardiac kids. This week, I'm opening beers in celebration. This was a Beatdown of epic proportions. I said it on Twitter earlier. The only thing we were missing was Quan Alexander telling the Packers to get their sorry asses off the field because that was a dismantling, a shredding of the cheeseheads. They never had a shot tonight. The way the defense came out and played, they were juiced. They love, they love the primetime lights. And one of my guys I'm going to get into later, he loves the primetime lights. Man, this is this is a fun one. Because you know what? I'm really curious how they spin the narrative now. Yeah, how do they? How do they? No, how yeah. how is? Are the 49ers for real? Yes, they're for real. We've been saying they're for real for a while. But a lot of people, oh, we gotta wait and see. They play somebody. Well, they yeah. played the second best team in the NFC. Second, yeah. third, fourth, whatever it is, they played them and they just beat the ever living shit out of them. Yeah, this is the 4th and Go Podcast. I'm Javi. That is Matt. Uh, check us out on Twitter at 4th and Go Podcast. And uh, check out the podcast on all podcast platforms, Google, Stitcher Play, Stitcher, Google Play, um, Spotify, Apple iTunes, wherever podcasts are found. Um, the, pa- the Packers are coming off a bye. I want that to be known. Like mm-hmm. you had an extra week to get ready for this. And then all I heard was the Packers are healthy. They're getting healthy. They're going to be healthy going into this game. Yada, yada, yada. Uh, what do the Packers have to do? To, what do the Niners have to do to beat the Packers? It should have been the other way around. What do the Packers have to do to beat the Niners? And they didn't do absolutely, they did absolutely nothing this game. Nothing at all. The Niners made their adjustments on offense and defense. Kyle Shanahan, Robert Sala came out with a game plan and they executed. And the team executed it all the way through. It was over after the fumble. The first fumble of the mm-hmm. game, when the Niners get the ball back at the two, the game was over. It was over. Aaron Rodgers couldn't go anywhere. He couldn't run the ball, couldn't pass the ball. The Niners were in their lanes. They just, it's a statement. They made a statement tonight on national television, and I would love to hear the spins on, on first take and, and uh, what's the other nonsense that's out there, undisputed. Mm-hmm. Those guys don't know shit. 
this team is for real. They've been for real since. I guess I guess we can give them to you know the Panthers game. Fifty-one points on any team is is nothing to uh, you know scoff at. They just dominate teams, and they've been dominating teams all season. One yeah, loss that took seventy minutes. Like get out of here. This ain't the Big Twelve, man. You hang fifty-one points on somebody. That's a big deal. <clears throat> You know, that, that's a huge deal. And here's the other thing. The Niners just came off three consecutive division games. I don't care what division you play in. Division games are a different beast. They're a different monster, and teams play them differently because they have to see these teams twice a year. Every year. Every year it happens. Division games go down to the wire. I don't care how good, how bad a team is. It happens all over the place. 49ers finally get out of the division. They play the Green Bay Packers, and they smoke them. Yeah, There's no other way to play. They smoked them. They smoked them. I was nervous coming into this game. I'm sitting there. I'm telling my wife before the game, I'm nervous, I'm nervous, I'm nervous. And then, like you said, that first sack happens, and I'm like, <laughs> they're going to be just fine. We're going to be good, yeah. baby. Um, but, but before we jump into all the good and everything, we got to start with the bad. Mm-hmm. There, was, there was one <laughs> really bad part of tonight. and it, it's, 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 it's a, it's a, sh- uh, a shocker, really. Because uh, Justin School has been a good player stepping in for Joe Staley all year long. Yep. He's played more than Joe Staley has. He's looked better than Joe Staley has when he's been playing. Tonight, he looked bad. Zadarius Smith beat the brakes off of him. Mm-hmm. Zadarius Smith had his number and one of the best coaching moves we've seen from Kyle Shanahan was to bench him, bench Justin School, bring in Daniel Brunskill, and then keep the offense rolling. But Justin School was bad tonight. He had a bad night. I'm not saying he's a bad player. He had a very bad night. Yeah, uh, that was once. They, once they made the switch to Brunskill, things changed for the Niners offensively. They were able to move the ball consistently in the run game and the pass game. Um, benching School was, you know, was the right thing to do. And you heard Chris Collinsworth say it. You know, Shanahan's they don't hesitate to make important decisions. And it was an important time in the game. You had to make a decision because you're just you kept punting. You were in your own territory. You were getting sacked. Jimmy's getting beat up. You got to make a you got to make a change. And um, you know, it is what it is. There, so they had to do what they had to do uh, with with School and bringing Brunska, who who dominated. Um, for the most part, and mm-hmm. but you have to give credit to Zadarius Smith. You know, he was a free agent that we both liked um, in the off season. He is a good player. You know, all, all we saw on Twitter was, "Oh, why can't we block?" These, there's other teams have good players. Zadarius, Zadarius Smith is a good player, and he just, you know, he he did his thing against school. He had his moments against um, Brunskill, but it was not as um, evident once Brunskill got in there. So, uh, hopefully, Joe Staley gets back soon. I know I've been critical of Joe and his pass protection mm-hmm. this year, but hopefully. You know, he gets healthy, and he's getting right, and it gives him a little more time on that leg to be back. Um, and the team's getting healthy at the right time, down the stretch when these important games are happening. Yeah, and our boy Eric Davis said it best, right? He came on, he said it with us. The 49ers aren't going through a gauntlet. They are the gauntlet. The gauntlet's 1-0. Gauntlet yeah. is 1-0. Up next is Baltimore. Um, but moving on to the, the not-so-good. And really, only one thing to really touch on here, and, and that falls into penalties. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the team overall it had some bad penalties in bad spots. It, it, yeah. It, it was nine penalties for 78 yards. Uh, the yardage doesn't say how important some of those penalties were. Had the game been closer, this would have been a bigger issue. 
but in such a blowout, it doesn't matter. Um, Richard Sherman has a questionable personal foul call. You know, very um, questionable, very questionable personal foul call. Um, K1 Williams has a questionable pass interference call, but again, they're still called. They're still penalties. They still move the sticks for the Packers and they were keeping the Packers in the game for a little bit, just for a little bit because the, the 49ers really did just run away with this one. Yeah. But the penalties, they do need to clean up. You can't be having nine of them. Uh, holdings, uh, Justin School had a hold to put him way behind the sticks. Cal uh, Juszczyk had a illegal chop block. I think that was the call. I don't know because NBC but it has this penchant for, <laughs> for going to Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth when they're calling penalties and they don't let the referee explain what's going on. Uh, they did that multiple times tonight. And they go, oh, well, I guess they had a penalty on the field while we were saying nothing. And so that's really frustrating. NBC needs to clean that up. Um, but yeah, nine penalties for 78 yards. Not great. Need to clean that up a little bit. Um, again, in a game that's just so out of hand, it doesn't matter that much. But yeah, in in the long run, it will, it will matter when the games get tighter. Yeah, nine for 78 is not something that you want to see. Um, you know, and those ones that they came in the red zone, those are tough. You know, you're basically giving points away um, at that point. The game was kind of out of hand at that point, but, um, you know, you still want to clean those things up. Sherman should know better on the two, the one with the pass or the illegal touching, and then the other one was uh, the unnecessary roughness call. It's like, Sherman, you should know better. The play's away from you. Just, you know, let it go. You could mm-hmm. prevent it. You possibly could have prevented seven um, or eight points, whatever it ended up being. Um, but, you know, that's that's small stuff. But, again, those penalties, we've been talking about it all year. Um, sometimes you can't survive them. Sometimes you can. Tonight is a night where you can because you're up so big um, and you're dominating on both sides of the ball. Um, so it's not the the worst thing in the world. Um, you know, it's it's this game was you know this game was a game that I was pacing all pacing early in the day for. You know, we had to watch some bad football early on today, mm-hmm. and the Niners come on. I'm like, okay, here we go. So I was a little nervous as well, but once we got that fun ball, I was like, all right, game's over. I really thought we were just going to dominate the rest of the game. That's exactly what happened. Um, but uh, the good, you know, in this game, you know, take your pick, man. The, the game was <laughs> <laughs> the game was a domination all the way through. You know, from the defensive line to the coaching to everything. You know, let's let's hit on a few of these things, man. Where do you want to start? Uh, I said I, I kind of alluded to him earlier. I'm going to start with my man, Primetime Raheem. Raheem Mostert Raheem? loves primetime games like primetime Breda. Some of the running backs on this football team just love primetime. Matt Breda loves it. Raheem Mostert loves it. He was really good. Six carries, 45 yards, a touchdown in garbage time, whatever. It's still a touchdown, still counts. Um, my man was just making plays when he needed to make them, and he might be the second best running back on this team. Yeah. I, I think I think it goes Breda, Mostert, and then Coleman. Coleman's going to get the first looks because they deem him to be more versatile, whatever it is. That's fine. But primetime Raheem gets a little bit of a pat on the back from me. Yeah, Heem was Heem played really well today. He was um he had 7.5 yards to carry. Um, you know, and he, he he finishes off the game with a sweet touchdown at the end, you know, he's getting he had six carries for 45 yards, 7.5 a clip. You know, he, he takes the most of his opportunities when he gets them as a running back. And you can appreciate that from a guy who, you know, who's been known mostly for his special teams, but for him to come in and, oh, and, and do he, that. He was dynamite on special teams tonight, too. Oh, my God, yeah. Those Let's two, not forget that. He had, he had two massive tackles on punt returns as a gunner. 
So, yeah, I even forgot about that. He was doing so much on offense that I almost forgot the fact that he was killing it on special teams too. So, primetime Raheem. Raheem. Primetime Raheem. Yeah. Um, I'm going to switch to the other side of the ball. My guy Fred Warner, I said it a couple weeks ago, mm. 52, 53, 54. He's, he's working his way into the conversation. 11 tackles. 11? Yeah. Um, one forced fumble. One sack. Like, come on. What can't Fred Warner do? Um, he's taken a massive step from last year. He was everywhere in this game in coverage, behind the line of scrimmage. You know, he, he's meeting guys at the line of scrimmage, just pounding these running backs and laughing in their face. And that, that that's the mm-hmm. kind of shit that I like to see. When Fred is mm-hmm. Fred has got this, you know, swagger about him now. It's it's insane. And he's you know, he's taken over that kind of heartbeat of the defense uh, from Quan and he's been playing out of his mind since Quan got hurt. So eleven tackles. Um I, I don't know what his, his stats are for the year, but I'm pretty sure he's probably getting close to hundred tackles this season. So Fred yeah. was outstanding. I'm still waiting on that interception. It's coming. It's coming for Fred Warner. So, uh, but Fred was just outstanding everywhere on the field. Yeah, Fred is everything that that, that folks wanted Ruben Foster to be. And I yeah. hate to bring up a name like that after a win like tonight, but Fred is that guy. He's exactly what they expected they were getting with with, with Foster. Um, really yeah, so hard Fred. to not make him my player of the game. <laughs> I got a different guy. Really hard to not make Fred Warner my player of the game. Uh, so the kid's special. Yeah, he Fred on the season. Special. Fred has 70 tackles, uh, two sacks, three forced fumbles on the season. Like, come on. That's Pro Bowl level inside linebacker. Y'all better go out and vote. I already voted. That's Pro Bowl level linebacker. Like, Yeah. And in, in before the before the game, when we were talking about our keys to the game, you said you wanted to see them blitz on some on, on key downs. Um, and I said I wanted to see some A-gap pressure from Fred Warner. Because that's where he's been successful so far this year, and like we said, the fumble that, that that set the whole course of the game. Fred Warner punches it out; it's recovered. Touchdown! One play later to Tevin Coleman, and the route is on. Two minutes into the game, yeah. Uh, sticking on the defensive side of the ball, uh, the the Niners' run defense has been, let's say, suspect. I yeah. want to say bad. Let's say suspect. Not super great. You know, they're playing uh, Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, very athletic quarterbacks that can run the read option. They finally get back to a more traditional offense where, you know, Aaron Rodgers can still move, but he's not. He's not Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, athlete level quarterback, mm-hmm. um, especially now that he's on the wrong side of 30, on the way wrong side of 30 now. Um, a guy been missing the last two games. Our man DJ Jones was a monster tonight. He was wrecking plays early. He took the Packers completely out of their run game. They had tried to establish it with Aaron Jones, which if you haven't been paying attention to the Packers this year, they've been mostly going through the run. You know, they've been trying to establish the run mm-hmm. and build the pass game off that with the play action, which we saw some of the play action tonight from Aaron Rodgers, which was fantastic. He's still really good at that. Um, but DJ Jones didn't allow them to get into any kind of rhythm on offense by blowing up multiple run plays in the backfield. Now he may not have made the tackle, but he blew the play up. Um, he did make plenty of tackles. He suplexed Aaron Jones in the backfield at one point. 
Dude. DJ Jones, him coming back was just a revelation. It was fantastic to see him back on that D-line. DJ Jones is such a badass, bro. He's just dominating guards and centers every week. And, you know, when he's out there, he's just a game. He's a game wrecker. To have a, a nose tackle like that, man. Whew. And he's and he's low to the ground, so he just gets under people's pads and just sheds them. It's just um, Tim Ryan calls him a fire hydrant because you can't move him. So it's like Jesus Christ. And when he did, when he when he suplexed Aaron Jones, I was like, oh my god. They just the Niners came out to make a statement on defense, and they just, they punched uh, they punched the Packers in the dick. That's what they did. They punched them in the dick. That's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> it's um somebody said we had to bring it back out Maybe <laughs> hey, <wanted> to. <laughs> but that, that's a great thing though that that's a great line like when i was in the military you know just that, that's what you would say like just punch me in the dick so mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. the packers got punched in the dick um they <laughs> they they got they quit they really quit um really in that in that early fourth quarter they quit they that's what happened the niners yeah made them quit they beat them into submission um but I'm gonna get on the uh, offensive side. Debo, the slant Debo! god, the slant god took one to the house, and you know, all credit to Jimmy Garoppolo putting the ball right where it needed to be, so he can get the the yards after catch. And this is kind of what we've been missing in the Niner offense, mm-hmm. uh, pretty much all mm-hmm. season, just the yards after the catch. Last year, you saw it uh, with Nick Mullins and CJ. I shouldn't, you know, I'm not saying they're better than Jimmy Garoppolo, but there was a little bit more opportunity to, to, to get downfield that way with yards after the catch. And he had two humongous plays, uh, with some yak and Debo took one to the house. And that's exactly what the Niners need from their wide receiver group. You know, whether it's Emmanuel Sanders, Debo Samuel, and maybe hopefully, you know, I'm still holding out hope on, uh, Dante, but Debo, two receptions, 25 yards to, you know, caught both his targets, one touchdown. You, you know, when you can distribute the ball that way and just control the clock the way the Niners did, that's that's awesome. Debo just, you know, once he hits the Jets, it's over, and he gets the yep. angle on you. It's, it's a wrap, and that's exactly what the Niners have been missing in this offense. You know, the whole the whole narrative, make Jimmy Garoppolo beat you. Make Jimmy Garoppolo beat you. You know, I, a, guy, a buddy of mine who's a Packer fan was like, well, those aren't really tough throws for Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm like, listen, buddy. You have Matt LaFleur comes from the Kyle Shanahan coaching tree. It's not my fault Matt LaFleur is not dialing up some layup throws for Aaron Rodgers. You know, big deal. <laughs> Tom Jimmy Brady's made the throws he made make. his entire career off dink and dunk easy throws. Let's let's not get this twisted yeah. here. Like just Jimmy, because your quarterback can make stupid, ridiculous throws doesn't mean that's what you want. That's what you want to do <laughs> on a regular basis. It's uh, this is what you want from your quarterback. He makes the throws. That are that are there, and if he has to make a couple of tough ones, he'll make those too. But listen, two for fifty and a touchdown, a big touchdown too. That was that was huge, and mm-hmm. you know there was there was kind of like the the Packers were kind of holding on, hanging on. They were at thirteen nothing, and then boom, here's the big touchdown from uh, forty two yards from Jimmy to Debo, and that basically ended the game right there. That was it. Um, you know, right before half and. Kyle Shanahan, we talked about on the show before, Kyle Shanahan keeps talking about you score before half, you come out after the half and score. That's how you really put teams away. They didn't score right out of the half, but they scored on the next drive right right then. So it's, yeah. um, that's how you do it. And the Debo, the Debo touchdown, which is fantastic. You love to have a guy that just has that ability to take a slam route to the house. Um, oh, yeah. very, very few guys in the NFL these days can do that. 
um, just because of how athletic safeties and corners are starting to get uh, across the league. Um, Odell Beckham. I'm not saying Debo Samuel is on Odell Beckham level, but he's one of those guys that can take a slant route and just take it to the house. We've seen him do it before. Uh, if Debo can continue to do that, it, this begs the question of oh, early in the season for Debo when he was having the issue with the dropsies. Yeah. Where are these slants going? You know, he drops these slant passes. And it, what would have been the result had he caught those? Yeah. You know, what would be looking at Debo with six, seven touchdowns right now? So I'm going to steal a, a Eric Davis quote, the Eric isms confidence from doing and Devo has been gating getting more and more confidence each week and you're seeing it each week keep coming coming out and and you know he's having his opportunities he's taking he's taking advantage of, the, of his opportunities and that's you know confidence by doing or confidence from doing and uh he's been doing it the last three weeks you know he hadn't had a touchdown the last two but you know two for 50 catching both your receptions and taking one to the house that's that's big time man that's exactly what you want from a rookie wide receiver yeah, and confidence from doing. Rolling right into my next good, Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy very G! Good tonight. Very good tonight. Very, very good tonight. 14-20, 253 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. He averaged 12.7 yards per attempt, which is a fantastic number. It's a fantastic number. His rating, 145.8. And when he was running play action, he was 6-for-6, six six, 122 yards, two touchdowns, and a perfect quarterback rating. Jimmy Garoppolo is the perfect play-action quarterback, and he didn't do his one Jimmy thing tonight. He didn't have that one bad Jimmy throw. We know. We talk about it all the time. We expect him to have just like one really bad throw where he just throws it right to Mm -hmm. a defender. He didn't have that tonight. He didn't. Not once was I ever afraid that one of his passes was going to be intercepted. Jimmy was electric tonight you can say what you want you can say that he took he, he only took three sacks it seems like he took way more than that just because of how the game was kind of playing out early on especially he was under a lot of pressure yeah under a lot of pressure all game but man he played really well tonight and anyone can sit there and say that you know oh uh, the defense is carrying him yeah hey whatever man i don't care <laughs> jimmy garoppolo played a great football game tonight Against a supposedly really good defense. I don't think the Packers defense is all that great. I don't. I haven't thought of that all year. But a lot of other people are telling me it's a really good defense. That's what I was told. I mean, I don't know if I don't know which game you saw, but did not look that way. So um. Nope. Not at all. So Jimmy Garoppolo, <laughs> big ups, way to bounce back after these last couple weeks where people are down on you and, and saying negative things as a huge win. He didn't call the 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 uh, the post game interview. He didn't call her baby, so <laughs> we get him to avoid that controversy this week. He did great. He did great, man. Um, it was a really good game from him. If the 49ers get this kind of game from Jimmy Garoppolo the rest Watch of the out. way, they're going to be really hard to beat. Really yeah. hard to beat. So. Um... Jimmy Garoppolo in the year twenty two. I'm sorry, twenty seven hundred thirty one yards, twenty TDs, ten interceptions. You know that's he's on his way. You know to have a thirty five hundred, thirty eight hundred yard season, most likely thirty one, thirty two touchdowns. You know maybe a couple more picks in there, um, but that's what you want from your quarterback. And the 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 criticism comes from the fact that he signed a big contract. Listen, 
He signed the big contract because they went 5-0. and He also signed the big contract because he was a free agent, and the market value dictated that contract. Um, you know, you got, so there's some things you got to ease up on. You know, he's not, he's not out there looking like Carson Wentz today. He's not out there looking like, you know, Dak Prescott versus the Patriots and things like that. There's, he has his moments like every other quarterback, and that should be expected. This is, this is his 21st start. He's 18 and three. What more is there to complain about? You know, my complaint with him is underthrowing the deep ball. That's a legitimate complaint, and he has to work on it. You know, but that's it. Other than that, he does everything right. He comes back from his mistakes, and he plays better from those mistakes afterwards. That's what mm-hmm. you want from a guy. He's poised. Um, you know, he's he's cool under pressure. He's calm. He doesn't get rattled. You know, there's oh, he's rattled against Seattle. No, he's not rattled. There's just no one's getting open. There's a difference. Um, but Jimmy was fine. And he had nine drops. I mean that yeah. that's an that's an exceptional night. Yeah, and Jimmy 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 was excellent today from checking into run plays and then, you know, his just being able to get out on the bootlegs and hitting Kittle deep um on the on the big one. That was that was awesome. Um the the good for me though, I'm gonna go ahead and take Robert Sala. He was one of my keys to victory and he mm-hmm. dialed it up. All game, you know, five, six-man pressures, four-man rush, just dropping, you know, dropping the other seven into coverage, having these guys in the right place at the right time on defense. Um, the defense was outstanding. A couple hiccups as far as penalties um, on the defensive side that hurt the, you know, hurt them to allow that score. Um, but other than, I thought it was a sound game plan from 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 Robert Sala making the proper adjustment, putting the Kella Witherspoon in there. Akella was locked down. He was mm-hmm. on every receiver like glue, except for that one play that got behind the safeties. Um, but that's not on the corners. That's on the safeties. They, they got to pay attention to that. Um, uh, Robert Solomon, he, I, this is, you know, there's rumors of him being, getting head coach interviews. I don't want this guy to leave. I didn't, I didn't think he was a bad DC the last two years. It's just, you know, you, you need your talent around you to make things happen. And now he has it. I would like one more year with Robert Sala as our defensive coordinator before he goes somewhere. So uh, cheers to Robert Sala on the game plan, you know, for what was the total yardage for, for Aaron Rodgers passing, 80? Oh, uh, if we're looking at total yardage passing, 81 for the Green Bay Packers tonight. 81 Aaron Rodgers. total yards. Aaron Rodgers had 81 total yards. Robert Sala dialed it up today, like, on defense. It was it was a masterpiece of what he what he pulled off out there. Um, Kyle Shanahan and, and Robert Sala took Pettin and LaFleur to school. That's what they did tonight. They mm-hmm. took them to school, and that's yeah. Salah's a beast, man. It, Shanahan and Salah been doing this together for three years now, and it looked very much like they'd been together and they had their groove, and then they were they they meshed well together. They knew what they were doing, and that Petten and Lafleur were working in their first year. That's yeah. what it looks like tonight. To, to act, it's exactly what it looks like tonight. They were they were out coached. Kyle Shanahan and, and Robert Sala dialed up great game plans, and they executed both of them. Uh, since you're tooting your horn about one of your keys to the game being Robert <laughs> Sala dialing it up, I'm going to go ahead and toot, toot, here we go, MFers. Nick Bosa, monster night tonight. Look, he had one sack, one tackle for loss, a QB hit. That's always credited with in the box score. But if you watch the game, you saw how much he was in the backfield. Dude. And how almost every play he was – Forcing Rodgers up into the pocket. Rodgers never had time to do Aaron Rodgers things. And that's why they held him to 81 yards passing. Total. After you factor in the sacks. After you factor in the sacks. Because when you look at it just as straight numbers, 
Yeah, he threw for a massive, a whopping 104. <laughs> so, I mean, Aaron Rodgers lit them up other than his axe. You know no, what? Nick Bosa, oh, Nick Bosa looked really, really good tonight. He looked every bit of the player he's supposed to be. Look, the, the Seahawks and the Cardinals purposely focused their game plans around trying to take Nick Bosa out of the game. Yeah. They tried to take Nick Bosa out of the game. The Packers said, you know what? We don't need to do that. We can, we can, we can go after these guys and we can beat them. We can beat them without taking Nick Bosa out of the game. And the answer is, no, you can't do that because Nick Bosa will wreck the game. And he did tonight. Nick Bosa was all over the place. He was consistently in the backfield. He recovered the first fumble that set up everything we've talked about. Nick Bosa, monster game. Dude, he 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 put both tackles on their asses all game. And um, I'm going to add to that. Eric Armstead, is he D Ford now too? Jesus Christ. Who? <laughs> Did you see? Um, okay, listen. John Lynch, if you listen to this to this show, please re-sign <laughs> Eric Armstead as soon as possible. Like, do not let him leave, please. Um, <laughs> um, but you know, I guess then my last my last really good good thing about this game is our guy George Kittle. Monster, Georgie. I mean, what what more can you say? The guy's playing with a chip bone in in his in his foot or in his ankle, excuse me. And he goes out there, six catches, 129 yards, one touchdown, blocking, cutting guys, doing everything he needs to do. The offense runs much more smoothly when you have all your players. Ooh, who would have thought? Um, Debo doing his thing, Emmanuel Sanders, and then adding George Kittle back into the mix. This offense is only going to get stronger once Joe Staley gets back. And I feel bad for teams that we have to play. Um but George Kittle is George Kittle, man. He's he's the best tight end in football, and it's not up for debate. There's nothing left to debate. Booger McFarlane, eat a dick. Shut up about Travis Kelsey. He doesn't block. <laughs> I watched Zach Ertz today get mollywopped by some terrible corners in Seattle, um, crying about not getting the ball. It, the discussion is over. It's George Kittle is TE1 league-wide. Period. Then you can talk about Kelsey and Ernst and everybody else. But George Kittle is the best tight end in football, playing with a broken ankle, essentially, putting up 129 yards against a supposed good secondary in Green Bay. Granted, he was wide open for his touchdown, but the other passes that he caught, he had to break a few tackles, make a few guys miss, and do his thing. George Kittle is hes the man, bro. Like, it, There's not much left to say about the guy. Is that your player of the game? Oh, yeah, George is my player of the game. George is, I mean, he came back, and that's, coming back and playing with that injury just solidifies everything I've always thought about the guy. Like, it was amazing. Man, six, for tw- six for 129, a touchdown, catching all six targets, um, you know, jumping, leaping, leaping grabs, then, you know, taking off to, uh, to score that touchdown. You know, he's, he's the man, bro. Just, it's, he's the player of the game. Like, he, he made all the difference in the run game. All the difference in the bootleg actions, you know, even if he had to stay in a block. Um, it just, it's it's George Kittle, bro. It's just, there's not much left to say. Everyone else can just shut up about who the best tight end is. It's George Kittle. He, he plays in San Francisco and he's going to have a big payday. So, John Lynch, if you're listening again, go ahead and pay that man now because it might be cheaper <laughs> now to pay him. Um, and go, get, go ahead and pay Eric Armstead, please. 
Yeah, no, uh, my, my player of the game is on the other side of the ball, and it's Jimmy Ward. And, and Jimmy Ward has been the subject of every cheesy, bad injury joke you can <laughs> yeah. possibly make. I've made a couple of them. I'm sure you've made one or two. But your joke that one time was hilarious, though. That was really good. Oh, very well. I'm, I'm glad someone thinks I'm funny. Um, <laughs> no, Jimmy Ward played out of his mind tonight. Six tackles, uh, two pass breakups, one of which I'll let you talk about. Um, another one on on Jimmy Graham down the field. Uh, I mean, really just on, on a key third down when the Packers were still trying to stick around. Like you said, the 49ers were letting the, the Packers stick around in the first half. And this pass breakup on, on, on Jimmy Graham, had that been a completed pass that could have stood as a changing point in the game? Yeah. Where they finally completed a pass downfield. Uh, Jimmy Ward played like a man possessed. His tackling, look, it, it, Jimmy Ward's my player of the game, something we really talk about. The tackling by the 49ers defense tonight was incredible. And judging by what we've seen the last like two years, from their tackling, which has been usually so abysmal. Yeah. This was such a a, a, a sigh of relief, a, a breath of fresh air, whatever you want to call it. It was great to see it tonight. Um, they, they put pressure on Aaron Rodgers, and they eliminated his short passing game by tackling very efficiently and taking the guys down for short gains. Normally what Aaron Rodgers would do is dump off to – um, a slot receiver, a, a, a running back, a tight end, whatever it is, and let them kind of move in space. But the 49ers tackled very well, and I, I felt like Jimmy Ward really set the tone for that tonight. And, and this was his best game as a 49er, mm-hmm. full stop. I will not argue that with anyone. This was his best game as a 49er. The 49ers, are, like, like I said in the preview, they're finally starting to see what they were expecting when they drafted Jaquaski Tart and, and Jimmy Ward in the first and second round. Yeah. They're finally getting the dividends of those high draft picks. And this is Jimmy Ward at his best. If he plays like this, he's going to get an extension. Um, I, I said it earlier this week on Twitter that until it happens otherwise, I'm convinced that Jimmy Ward is going to die a 49er when he finally succumbs <laughs> to old age in 2087. Yeah. He's still going to be on the roster at that point. Now, Jimmy Ward, really fantastic game. My player of the game. It's going to be va- it's it's going to be drastically overlooked because of a lot of the other a lot of the things that other players did, but Jimmy Ward played really good tonight and, and deserves some love. Yeah, sticking with Jimmy Ward, um the Niners are I want to say it's two and eighteen on third down, or three and sixteen on third and fourth down. You know, Jimmy came up with one of the biggest plays of the game, in my personal opinion. He came out of nowhere. Devontae Adams just you know plops down. Rogers slings it across the middle, and here comes Jimmy Ward with an amazing pass breakup, last second comes in, knocks it out of there, and you know that's again like like you said, Jimmy Ward has been playing out of his mind. Um, you know when he's healthy, this is this is exactly what they envisioned, and. Um, that play, that you know, that that swung things, and they were they were moving the ball a little bit, getting that big pass break up, um, getting the ball back to the Niners' offense. That was huge. Jimmy Ward is um, again, he was a butt a lot of our jokes, everyone's jokes, and not just us. Um, but he's he's um, showing his worth on this one year deal, prove it deal. He's going to get an extension, um, and it would be you know be wise for the Niners to extend him unless they see something in Tavares more that they want to keep working on. Um, but Jimmy Ward. 
has been playing absolutely great football all season. And tonight he showed up everywhere. Big hits. He had a couple big hits today. Mm-hmm. Um, big pass breakups. And the biggest was that dive dive across the field to um, like last second, got his hands on it, and broke up that pass. He's gonna get a, he's gonna get himself a pick here soon, and it's coming for him too. But Jimmy Ward uh, had the play of the game for me. Yeah, and that play was extra smart too, because when you, when you go back and look at that play, um, he he dives in front of him, but he's not the last defender behind Devontae Adams. Uh, Jimmy Ward knew he was in a situation where he can sell out and, and lay his body out to make that play because Emmanuel Mosley was right behind Devontae Adams. And the smarts to know that he has the help over the top to make that play is what made it extra special for me. Because um, if, if he does something like that, it's like the Emmanuel Mosley, uh, Andy Isabella play on Halloween mm-hmm. where he tries to do it. He doesn't get his fingers on it all of a sudden. Boom, you're looking at a very, very long touchdown. Um, so I, I thought the smarts to make that play, knowing he had help over the top, was was very big. Uh, the play of the game for me was very simple. It is the George Kittle 61-yard touchdown. And the reason that is the play of the game is because that comes right on the heels of the Packers scoring their touchdown. The score is, I believe, 23-8 to at that point. Yeah. Packers think they're still in the game. They just converted converted a two point conversion to, to, you know, keep it a two possession game. And then all of a sudden, who comes strutting around? Disrespectful Kyle, <laughs> with a disrespectful play call to get George Kid. They everybody thinks they're going to come out and run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, eat up clock. The Packers just ate up nine minutes of clock to score a touchdown. Yeah, and again, this this is the second straight week where the 49ers have lost the time of possession. Mm-hmm. The Packers held on the ball a lot today, and it's because the the 49ers just scored so quickly on all their possessions. Um, but the Packers really held on to the ball. Everybody, I think, went into that possession thinking that the 49ers are going to try and run. They're going to try and eat up a lot more clock. They're going to try and condense the game. And then disrespectful Kyle comes in and says, <laughs> "You know what? Nope, we're running a deep." play action fake we're gonna let george feel out his section of the field where he's gonna be wide open he splits the two safeties jimmy garoppolo puts it on the numbers and then george Kittle does what he does best and beats everybody to the end zone and i mean it's just to me that was the look we, we we've seen a lot from kyle shanahan the last couple weeks he's been down right his his players have been hurt he hasn't had a full stable of receivers and tight ends, whatever else to work with. He finally gets his full group together, and he finally dials up that play that just ended the game right there. Stamp it. It's done. 30-8, 22-point game. Halfway through the third quarter, it's done. There's no chance the Packers are coming back. They don't have a shot. They don't have a shot. Kyle's disrespectful Kyle slammed the door on him with that big 61-yard touchdown to George Kittle. <clears throat> that play was outstanding. That was that was it. That was the nail, final nail in the coffin. It was over. Done. That's it. Kyle's like, all right, you know what? Suck my dick. I'm going to just doss up something <laughs> really, really big. <laughs> Listen, Kyle, Kyle's been dealing with this whole McVay is a genius. Matt LaFleur is a genius. Um, hello, 
Both those guys were under Kyle Shanahan. Both those guys inherited really good rosters and good quarterbacks. Kyle Shanahan has had to build his own roster, construct it from the ground up, wait on his quarterback to return from an ACL injury. These are the returns that he's getting now. So when he faces these guys like McVay, LaFleur, um, I'm sure he'll have something for Atlanta in a couple weeks. Um, he's gonna he's gonna just he's gonna whip it out. But like, listen, I'm the big dog around here. I'm the best play caller in football. And that's exactly what he did tonight. He just put it on national TV. I'm the best. Period. Yeah, he has his he has his hiccups in certain games, but the Packers take nine minutes. It took the Niners what a minute and twenty seconds to score on that uh, that Kittle play. Mm-hmm. Like, come on, you know. For the listeners out there, if you haven't noticed, I've had a couple tall boys of Doseki, and you know, this is I'm hype. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, man, it, bro, it was fifty seven seconds. Yeah, they that's the all Packers took was, the Packers took eight minutes and thirty four seconds off the clock. Kyle said, all right, hold my beer. 57 seconds, touchdown, boom, game over. Yeah. It was over. Now, that's, that, that was over. That was it. But now we can move on from Green Bay. That's, You're that's, in the rearview mirror. And, and the best part about this game is, is if the 49ers make the playoffs, which I think is almost a foregone conclusion at this point, I don't want to yeah. get – I don't want to put the, the cart before the horse, whatever the saying, the horse before the cart, whatever the saying is. I don't want to do that right now. Mm-hmm. But if they meet up with the Green Bay Packers in the playoffs, I have zero doubt. Zero doubt they are going to be able to manhandle the Packers. Yeah. Their strengths match up perfectly with the Packers' weaknesses, and they will steamroll them in the playoffs too. Yeah, and then, you know, hopefully by then, Joe Staley's back, Matt Breida is back. You have your full, you know, your full roster ready to go for the end of the year. Um, you know, this is this is... This is what we this is what we've been waiting for, Niner fans. You know, we everyone panicked after the Seahawks game. This is this is the Niners, man. This is what you wanted. You're in a race. They did what they needed to do. Seattle won earlier today. They're nine and two. Mm-hmm. Niners are ten and one. They're still in first place. They're keeping their pace the way they're supposed to. You know, they got a tough game coming up against Baltimore. That's a really hard game. I think anyone would say that. Um, but for them to do what they did on national TV, um, it's it's a big deal. Um, Thirty-seven to eight, man. That's just I, I guess I'd be lying if I didn't say I was nervous beginning of the game. But when you text me, you said, "How are we feeling?" I'm like, "I was, I'm thinking just like the Browns game, and then it it happened." So I don't know. The Niners are, um, they're legit, bro. They're here and they're coming, and this team is a legitimate Super Bowl contender. I think we can say that now with extreme confidence that they are a legitimate Super Bowl contender. And you know, I would hope I'm hoping for the first round by. I'm hoping Levi's gets a playoff game. You know, you, you, this is how you break in a brand new stadium. I know it's not brand brand new, but it is newer. That's how you build the culture. That's how you build legitimate chance and and just an atmosphere um, for the for home field advantage. Yeah, I mean, I mean, when you look around the league today, I mean, I know today was a lot of crappy football. Terrible. The Seahawks did the Seahawks did take care of business with with, with the Eagles. The Eagles couldn't move the ball at all against Seattle's defense which says more to me about Philly's offense than does Seattle's defense. Um, New England and Dallas played a slobber knocker in, in, in Boston where it was just raining sideways for most of the game. Um, sticking with the NFC, Carolina misses a really easy 21-yard chip shot field goal 
New England, or excuse me, uh, New Orleans drives right down the field, kicks field, the game-winning field goal. That's a home game for the Saints. I understand division game. I, I talked all about division games. Division games are different. But New Orleans is beatable. Very. They are beatable. They're very beatable. And, and Drew Brees falls into that category of quarterbacks that the 49ers do very well against, which are quarterbacks that are not super athletes. So as long as the quarterback is not a super athlete, I think the 49ers' defensive line is going to have a very good chance against them. I mean, other than that, we saw Oakland get mollywopped by the Jets, which is always a fun thing to see the Raiders lose. Washington got on the right side of winning things somehow. The fans that paid $4 <laughs> to go to the Redskins game today got all of their money's worth. All of their money's worth when the Redskins won. Uh yeah, Tampa Bay beats Atlanta, so that Atlanta game all of a sudden doesn't seem so so difficult. In the last couple of weeks, Atlanta had strung together mm-hmm. a couple of wins, and everybody's sitting there going, oh, well, it's not a pushover game in week 14. Well, I mean, it kind of is. I want to get, again, don't want to get too ahead of ourselves, but the the Atlanta game doesn't seem like it's going to be super difficult for, yeah. for, for, Kyle Shanahan. Um, the Bears beat the Giants. In, oh, wait, uh, wait, wait. I have to add this. The Bears traded up for Mitchell Trubisky. They did. They traded up for Mitchell Trubisky to yeah. barely beat the Giants. Yep. Um, so we can add that in there. Yeah. Uh, the Steelers go to their third string quarterback to beat the Bengals. Terrible was, game. That was an awful game. Yeah, terrible game. game. Uh, Buffalo dominates Denver at home, exactly what you expect. Mm-hmm. Cleveland finally gets it rolling. Uh, Cleveland looks like they might have something going. They've got three straight wins now. Mm-hmm. Uh, the back half of their schedule is pretty easy. The AFC is a mess. It is a mess. After you get past Buffalo at 8-3, and three, everyone else is 6-5 and five or 5-6. Five and six. Yeah. So Cleveland still has a chance to play playoff football this year somehow. And again, it comes down to their schedule. I mean, they uh, got to so play Green Pittsburgh. Bay, Green Bay, so. Green Bay. This Green Bay team's gonna end up twelve and four, and I don't know how the hell they're gonna do it because they play a miserably easy schedule. I'm tired of hearing stuff about the 49ers playing an easy schedule because everyone else is playing the same damn easy schedule. Yeah. Sorry, a little bit of a little bit of diversion there, but anyway, uh, it, Tennessee takes it to Jacksonville. Is Tannehill for real in Tennessee? Mm, no. it, it, he's four and one. I don't think he's got like for real that's going to challenge anyone, but he they're, they're threatening to make the playoffs. And then tomorrow night we get Baltimore at the Rams. 49ers fans should tune in, see what you're going to see from Baltimore. Sneaky sneaky part about that Ravens game is it's in it's in LA and you know they got to travel back from LA mm-hmm. to Baltimore and then you know on, on a, a short, short week, week which apparently is everything that everyone's always talking about short week by week whatever you want to call yeah. it yeah that's something to that's something to watch you know for this upcoming Niner Ravens game but um you know we'll wait we'll wait and see how they look against the Rams um but I don't think the Rams are very good to begin with um yeah it, this, but, um, yeah this today's games were terrible bro I watched I watched the Eagles game Seattle is Seattle is Seattle. You know, Philly is miserable um, without their wide receivers and without some decent play calling. I was glad the Raiders lost. That was funny. Um, <laughs> they didn't just lose. They lost 34-3. <laughs> to three. It's, like they, it's, like they, it's like they played the 49ers last year. And then the Steelers, the Steelers game was just god-awful. It's like yeah. I was hoping the Bengals would win that game just so I can talk some more shit. But 
Steelers pull it out. So we got a decent game next week, Browns and Steelers. Um, hopefully the Browns beat them up. Don't hit anybody over a helmet with a helmet. Um, but that should be a good one. It's uh, it's the season shaking out, man. We can't complain too much, man. Niners are ten and one. It's uh, it's good to be good. It's good to be actually really good. You know, we are basically, you know, in the playoffs unless something catastrophic happens. Um, Niners at ten and one are going to be a playoff team. Yep. Yep. Um, I think both of me, both me and you, had this team at. Ten Nine, and six. Ten wins. Mm-hmm. Ten wins, I think, was our was our and they've already hit it. Yeah. Eleven games in, they've already hit they've already hit ten wins. Uh so can't say enough good things about the 49ers right now. It, it's a it's it's been fun to watch. Yeah. Been fun to watch. We've only had to record one sad podcast. <laughs> um we've got the Baltimore Baltimore next week. Yeah, That's you're really gonna be it. there. To you're gonna be there. I am gonna be there. I'm gonna be there. Before we move on from the Packers, I just want to say one more thing about the Packers. Mm-hmm. The 49ers held them to 81 total yards passing. I just want to reiterate that. That's it. That's all I want to do. Let's reiterate that. 81 total yards passing for an Aaron Rodgers-led football team. Uh, but on to Baltimore. I will be at the Baltimore game. Uh, we'll be back later on this week to, to preview that game. I will be there. I will be sans the beard. I sacrificed the beard to the football gods. Mm-hmm. Slash a terrible barber. Happy wife, happy life. I know she's happy. It's coming. It's it's coming right back. It'll be stubble in a week when we're at the game, when I'm at the game, <laughs> but it, it'll be back to a beard before you know it. Um. So so please look out for that. Javi, take it away, man. Yeah, you know you guys know what to do, man. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Fourth and Gold Podcast. To our new listeners, to our old listeners, um, we thank everyone for tuning in. It's been a great, great ride. Um, no one, we, me and Matt wouldn't have not expected this type of um results or turnout it's it's exciting to hear you guys say y'all turn on the mics yet you know are you guys gonna say a couple things yeah man we listen we, we that's how you know we we listen we follow or read all our tweets and listen to everything you guys say we appreciate everything you guys are doing for us too sharing our pod and everything like that um but you know i i need to go take care of these kids they're about to wake up well one of them is he's sick but uh, you guys know what to do, man. Follow the podcast at Fourth and Gold Podcast. Follow the podcast on every podcast platform: Google, Stitcher, Stitcher, iTunes, wherever podcasts are found, wherever you find it. Subscribe, rate, review, share, 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 share. Follow me on Twitter at Javier Vague underscore. Follow my guy Matt at Matt Bar underscore. He's gonna be at the game in Baltimore. If you see him out there, give him a beer, give him a high five. You know, tell him tell him what you think of the pod. We appreciate everyone listening and tuning in. Um, but until then, we will see you guys probably Thursday to preview this Ravens game. Tune into that game on Monday night. It should be a good one. Scout the uh, opposing team. Let us know what you guys think and hit us up on Twitter. Um, but until then, go Niners. Ten and one, baby. Ten and one. Peace. <laughs>